The weekend has come again, and I am Reggie, your weekend watcher. Every weekend, I run down a title that's not getting very much attention on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and HBO Now to give you another option when you are hungover from the latest season of Stranger Things or you just don't feel like watching The Office for the seventh time. Well, this month, celebrating my semi-anniversary, that's a six-month <laughs> that's my six month anniversary because anniversary technically means year whatever we're celebrating comic book month and every weekend i'm running down titles that are related to comic book properties that doesn't mean they have to be super it does mean that they have to be related to a pulp comic book uh a pulp comic book title and Last weekend, I ran down iZombie. This weekend, it's going to be Brian K. Vaughn's Runaways, which is on Hulu. Now, this is about as close to popular as I get, because while this story did make, uh, this, you know, this blew up the Nerdosphere in 2017, but it just didn't make a lot of waves in the general population, in general media, entertainment news when it came to, you know, when, when it came to the bigger story. So if you have Hulu, you can sit tight with me and watch Brian K. Vaughn's The Runaways, which is on Hulu, and I get to tell you why I'm excited for it and how this show delivers. All right, so let's sit tight, and then in my next segment, I'm going to let you guys know what it is, what it is about this title, what it is about this show that gets me excited to, you know, to engage with it. All right, so let's get ready, and we're going to do the thing. So let's get a chance to explore a reason to be excited for The Runaways, which is on Hulu right now. Well, in order to kind of tell this story, it's going to make sense to put this in the context of comic books, right? Because in all honesty, the best way that I've found to read comics or follow comics or, you know, just dive into that world isn't necessarily... Uh, isn't necessarily picking out a property that I've really liked, you know, like Spider-Man and saying, oh, how am I going to, wh where do I start with Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man's been around since the 1960s. So at this point, it's been around for 50 years. And it's, that's crazy to figure out where to start and, uh, you know, how long to stick around. So a better way, by my experience, to read comics is to start off with writers and, um, with writers and artists that you enjoy and then work your way backwards through the works that they, they've done or work your way, you know, start at the beginning and work your way forward. But Brian K. Vaughn is one of those writers, one of those creators that I found really interesting. Uh, when this title came out in 2003, uh, I was, I, he, he kind of caught my eye because he was doing something different. The Runaways is a weird title because it, it kind of breaks my rule as well as the other rule of, you know, just starting with a character you like, like Spider-Man. Uh, because the Runaways and Brian K. Vaughn, Marvel gave Brian Vaughn a way to start fresh. He 
they allowed him to just create new characters, which isn't something they do, uh, they do willy-nilly, at least anymore. So the, he was able to start fresh with new characters, and uh, but outside of that, he's done really interesting stuff. Like if if you want to read just a non-super title, for example, he did Why the Last Man or Ex Machina. Hold on, I know what we're thinking Ex Machina. You know, like the movie that was tearing it up, like three three years ago or so. No, 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 not that. It's not related. But uh, Ex Machina is a great title, as well as uh, Saga, where Brian Vaughn like, comes back again and does something amazing. He's one of those great award-winning writers that gets a lot of attention uh, in the comic literary world. I think he's actually won a couple of Eisners, if I move, if I remember correctly. But is that like he's a well-lauded writer and. A reason to be excited is because he decided to work with Marvel to create new characters to create a jumping on you know point for new readers which is amazing and secondly I guess another reason to be excited is that essentially from the point where I read the the runaways which is like 2003 through maybe 2005 or something like that uh, the, the runaways is essentially the breakfast club not not the morning radio slash YouTube, The Breakfast Club. No, The Breakfast Club, like John Hughes' The Breakfast Club from the 1980s, it's a story about teenagers that are very different and sort of stereotypical in their own way, learning how to be friends, uh, while also discovering that they, many many of them have some sort of powers or some sort of skill, and uh, figuring out that their parents uh, kill kids. So, <laughs> that's the story. It's like, like the story is... Marvel's version of the Breakfast Club, uh, of weird misfit kids uh, that shouldn't be friends trying to be friends, and that's a, that's a fun story for me. Uh, that's a fun story for me to see come together, and I'm that's also why I'm excited for to see this, you know, on a screen. Like it's not the big screen; it's my screen, which is kind of a fair size screen, since I think about it. Good for me. Go me. Um, it's it's a reason to get involved, and as I said, it's it's a, it's an outside view of the the Marvel universe. You don't find the Iron Mans and the the uh, Captain Americas interfering in the Runaways world so much, especially because these guys live in L.A., not uh, you know Marvel's New York, who already has you know, Spider Man and the X Men and the Fantastic Four and uh, God, you just na name them. New York has all of them. L.A. doesn't get very many. Uh, they have they have the runaways, um, it, but in short, that's why I'm excited for this. Is like, hey, you got a, a writer that's uh, doing interesting stuff in the comic world, and also you have a weird jumping on point, and then third, you have a weird premise. Make the Breakfast Club with super stuff. Up, up, up. All right, before I get to running down the show, I really want to get through some unsolicited ads. Wait, unsolicited ads? What are these? Is it like uh, commercials or ads for something? Kind of, sort of. These are people, places, things, products, and podcasts that I am really into. And I just want to pass out on information to, to you know whoever's listening. And honestly, for myself, or when I re-listen, I always like to come back and think, oh my god, yeah, I, I liked that thing. I should make sure I, I, I consume more of it. I do more of it. Uh, well, 
as it goes, I'm going to start off this way. We're in comic month, and I will start off with a with a fun comic title that I think is you know related to what we're what we're watching this week, The Runaways on Hulu, and that would be well, I mean, honestly, that's going to be Saga, which is kind of a Romeo and Juliet story, but kind of in space. It's weird, but it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, the same person who developed The Runaways, and I find it a fascinating show or a fascinating book. And the artwork is by somebody that's burning up these days, Fiona Staples. She is a wonderful artist, and like she's very, she has a specific style that I think is, you know, it's fascinating. It's interesting. So if you have a chance, you drop you drop by your comic shop. Well, check out Saga. If you're not dropping by a comic shop, I don't know, check by uh, Barnes and Noble. Saga. If you're if you you know you have neither of those in your area, you can check it out on Comixology or um, Amazon. That's always an option. Or you know Google Play Books or Apple Books or Kindle or whatever. Check out Saga. It doesn't cost very much, and uh, you get to see a different side of, of Vaughn, and you get to see some artwork from Staples, which I th- just think is uh, interesting and keeps you know keeps you kind of in the in a different atmosphere, as it were. All right, I always save an unsolicited ad for a podcast that is you know hosted from the Anchor FM. Uh, platform. That's where I make this podcast from. Uh, so other Anchor FM podcasts, I'm a huge fan of them. I just love to see how people creatively try to develop, developed a, you know, I guess a audio product. And this one has been one, this has been one of my favorites for, oh my gosh, a couple months now, I think two, three months since it started. Uh, and it's called strippers with anxiety. It's all one word strippers with anxiety. That is, uh, that's headed up by Summer Kitten, Rocket Ray, and Suka. They are kind of like the Powerpuff Girls. If the Powerpuff Girls were grown-up ladies working as strippers and wanted to just actually talk about a lot, like a workplace-type stuff and a workplace you don't think about very often. Super smart, one of my favorites, and... Uh, in all honesty, they they they're they're genuine nice people, and that's uh, it's fun for me to you know listen to them as they they develop their own show. Uh, again, strippers with anxiety, wonderful podcast. All right, my last unsolicited ad is going to go out to brownies. It's like cake, but more deliciouser. <laughs> yeah, brownies, they are just amazing, and if you can find a way to eat all the corner spots before anybody else gets to have any even better for you brownies brownies with peanut butter on them brownies i'm actually going to be making brownies with uh with raspberries in them because my daughter loves chocolate and raspberries so i'm gonna experiment with that hopefully it doesn't blow up in my face but then again if brownies blew up in my face that would be amazing too that's right so i mean honestly oh my god brownies brownies are tremendous and i'm doing these for what for valentine's day which is coming up in a couple days but it always makes me feel good that's our three unsolicited ads for the week first up we got saga from brian vaughn and fiona staples secondly we got strippers with anxiety one of my favorite podcasts i listen to whenever it comes out and then after that brownies yummy yummy brownies eat a whole tray of them because nobody can stop you here grown up damn it all right let's get into this show and do the thing Let's start to try to break down the Runaways. Uh, 
I'm going to tell you the, the quick up-down on it. Yeah, should you watch this, shouldn't you watch this? I'm going to give you like a, yeah, sure, I guess, watch it. Uh, it's it's on Hulu. It's already there. You're already paying for Hulu, or somebody's already paying for Hulu. You might as well watch it. Uh, I'm not as emphatic uh, for a couple specific reasons. I'm going to name off five, hopefully. Uh, first off, you know, for uh, this is a comic that I am a longtime fan of. So uh, I try not to come at it from that perspective. I'm just putting this out there so you guys know that I am not. I am a longtime fan, a fan of the comic, and when they when they're doing the show, they're doing a different thing, and I recognize that and I can appreciate it. But here are some of my I said like like my weak critiques <laughs> of this of the show for something named The Runaways. First of all, for something named The Runaways, uh, it takes a long time for the kids to run away. Uh, I, that seems like it should be minor, but, you know, it's called Runaways. Might want to do that. Uh, secondly, this does exist in the Marvel Universe, but it doesn't seem to exist in the Marvel Universe. And that, that just kind of bums me out. It's like you have all these properties, all these things, all these events that have happened that you can just casually mention. Like, oh, man, remember that time New York got destroyed by aliens? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, or, you know, like, this was after... Doctor Strange, so I guess we can't invoke that, but you could, you know, you could invoke magic a little bit more, maybe, or this happened after, I think it was filmed after Guardians of the Galaxy, so you could uh, refer to, you know, the Earth uh, being in peril from, you know, that event with the Guardians, um, or Volume 2 of the Guardians of the Galaxy, just, just a thought. Uh, aside from that, the, these, this is staffed by teenagers. This is like my issue number three. This is staffed by, it's supposed to be teenagers, but with teenage drama, it moves, uh, you know, it's common that it's staffed by, you know, 20-somethings that are pretending to be 15, 16. That's like a, that's totally a thing. Uh, and most of these kids, they, they, they are supposed to be young, but they kind of bemoan being young. They don't have very much fun, and that always that always bums me out because, yeah, part of being a teenager is being mopey or uh, it's it's being mopey or sometimes just bemoaning the fact that you're young. But there, the other time, you're having a good time. Uh, and that's, I think you have to show both sides of the coin really well. Uh, third, or fourthly, this show appears to me to be written by outsiders, not like long-time comic book devotees. The reason why I say that is there's a specific style of episodes when it's written by people that are long-time comic book devotees. It baits you into that next issue or that in that next episode. Like case in point, uh, the 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 CW show Riverdale, which is heavy on a teen drama but based on Archie comics, uh, Riverdale it, it does a wonderful job of baiting you into watching another episode. And that is something that when you grow up reading comics or if you, re or, you, know, you read for a decade or two decades, you can see that writers get good at getting you to do. They have to get you to wait three and a half weeks for another issue to come out. So they, there has to be something uh, tempting for you to you know wait and then guarantee that you're going to spend money again. Now, when a, a property is written by outsiders, they they often my this is my opinion want like a long boil. They want a slow boil, and they want to tell one story over a long period of time. They're not they're not just trying to cheaply bait you into watching the next episode. But I kind of like the cheap bait into watching the next episode. It it gives you you know it gives you a good build of the climax in a literary sense.
so that doesn't happen too well. And that's kind of one of my reasons. And then, like, I guess my fifth reason for why I'm not, like, super excited about this show is uh, the kids, they they take, they're, they're supposed to be the breakfast club, right? And they're very different, and they're supposed to, you know, learn how to be friends with some bumps along the way. And uh, they do that. But again, for me, that has to happen with fun, and it has to happen with some, you know, some heart-to-heart moments. Uh, like Avatar Last Airbender did such a great job in doing that with, you know, going on a field trip with Zuko. And this this show doesn't do that in such a you know, overt way. And I just, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of bum me out. I am going to finish it, but next I'm going to get into the story. I'm going to get into the story, how it's structured, and what, what, this, what this show is trying to do. All right, so sit tight. Let's do that together. Whew, my voice just got, got unreliable on me. So let's get into the story of The Runaways. What's the story that this show is trying to tell? And then also, who is this for? Who is the audience, as I see it, for The Runaways? All right, so... At basis, The Runaways is more or less, you know, the John Hughes Breakfast Club with super-ish stuff in the Marvel Universe. And so what we have are six very different teenagers. We have uh, every kind of stereotype that you could think of. The, uh, the freak, the jock, the pretty girl, the, uh, the outsider girl. Uh, it's, it's the everything. Uh, it's trying to, you know, bind these kids together through a circumstance and their circumstance is that their parents are friends. I mean, they're man, they're mandatory friends, as I put it, uh, because your parents are friends, you have to spend time together. And these kids did spend time together, uh, throughout their years growing up and into their teen years, they drift apart naturally. They gravitate towards whatever they gravitate towards. Uh, and they are bound together yet again through a big uh, a big revelation that's that their parents are uh, evil so <laughs> uh, that's that seems like a good enough reason to bind them together so their parents are evil they have to figure out are their parents evil and how are they gonna work this out together how are they gonna work out their their different personalities and also the fact that they are teenagers so they're still discovering themselves okay seems like a good enough premise and honestly that's how this show I mean that's one of the things these shows this show took outright from uh, the comic book which you should I mean that's a good template and uh, uh, one thing I can say that the show did really phenomenally well they seem to pay very close attention to uh, how the kids were drawn in the comic series and try to cast appropriately uh, I mean with you know without Molly I suppose Molly's they went in a different direction with that uh, but that's, they did a really good job of trying to keep that feel from those characters in the initial run of uh, The Runaways, which was in 2003. So the run of this, the first season is these kids, you know, dealing with the fact that their parents did something uh, real bad and trying to figure out if there was a reason for it and are, you know, how are they going to do that? Are you going to turn your parents in? Are you going to, what, how do you solve this problem? And also, how do you make sure that your parents don't know that you saw them do something real bad? Because 
that's uh, you know that's a real issue. So this is that story with a lot of teen drama, which also exists in the comic book. I'm not going to lie about that, uh, but it's a lot of teen drama, a lot of you know being a teen, you know, being a teenager, the, being interested in girls, being interested in guys. Should we? Shouldn't we? Are they interested in me? And trying to discover yourself and gain your own confidence. That's what these characters are trying to do. All fair enough. Uh, my, as I said earlier, my only kind of misgiving is that these kids don't have like fun <laughs> very often or aren't having a lot of fun uh, throughout this series. Now, how the first season is also structured is that, as I put it earlier, it's a slow boil. So there aren't events happening all the time. Um, so there's there there really isn't like a great reason to jump into the next episode unless you're just really um, <laughs> unless you're really interested. That said, the audience as I see it, it might be sort of teens to teens to kids in their early twenties, maybe in college. I don't know. Uh, and it's it was originally designed. It looks like it was originally designed for ABC. It was supposed to be like a teen drama, like a CWT teen drama, but on ABC. So it does kind of, you know, it squeaks a little bit, but, you know, it's squeaky clean. It squeaks a little bit, but then they brought it to Hulu, so they allowed it to get a little bit racier. Like, you know, have a kid that, like, every once in a while, kids will, like, have a drink. They'll have a, an alcoholic drink, which is as racy as it gets. Um, but that's where I think this show's kind of aim itself and I'm really more excited to see how this show is going to mature. How's it going to find its own identity? Because that is a real problem once you introduce characters. You know, once you introduce those characters, you have to figure out for the audience, why would I keep watching it? Like what what is special about these kids that I I'm going to be super invested in that? You know, are are they going to do crazy heroic things all the time? Are they going to run into insurmountable obstacles? Are they going to be super relatable? Um, because for me, that's going to be the difference between it making it into another season or three or four seasons, uh, which I, I always like to see stuff succeed. So um, that's really, that, that's where this show is having a little bit of a problem coming into its own, uh, at least in this first season, is giving me, giving me a reason why I want to I want to show up again next week. Well, I mean, it's it's on streaming. Why well, I want to show up for another episode? But that's you know you get the right writing staff on there, and they'll they'll figure it out. The show has to you know take its lumps. For now, that's really all I have on the Runaways. It's an okay show uh, that lends itself to the original comic source, and uh, but you know it just needs it like most teenagers, it needs to find its own identity. That's it. All right, so that's it for the weekend. Let's get ready to do the thing.